Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. It is not for the faint of heart. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Kristen has been talking hella shit. I'm just like, you didn't prepare me for this moment. I'm in my jammies. And you want to leak this fucking video? Yes, leak this video to the public. We're recording at noon my time, 3 p.m. her time. And she's in her jammies. So yeah. I'm not going to take the fall for what you're wearing. Did you expect me to be fully clothed in my house? No. No, I didn't expect it. If I know you, I, I you wouldn't, wouldn't expect, expect it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason why she's saying this, you, first of all, who are you, Kristen? Can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am the Hi. co-host. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Kayla. I'm the other host. I'm the main host and the creator. Which is I'm why I said the, co-host. The juices and the sauces. Um, Looking like a juice and a oh, sauce okay. and a pack of ketchup. <laughs> Okay, y'all. So the reason why we're talking about what each other looks like is because this is the first episode that we're going to be putting out. Pray to God, everything goes well during post. But this is the first episode we're going to be putting out with our faces. Our faces. Our faces. Like, how does that even make you feel? I feel like I'm out. Like, it, it like, makes it makes me feel more excited for you because no one knows who the fuck you are or what the fuck you look like. But if they be in the comment section and in, and on our Instagram right. at Black You Crime Podcast, follow us. Um, Kristen be up and down the the fucking comment section, responding to people, doing hella shit. I bet they're like, "Who is this bitch talking to? Who me? is this random girl liking <laughs> my shit, cracking up? Like she's bold, like she fucking knows me. That bitch don't know me. Like she's on here, like she runs something." she bold yeah, yeah but i'm actually i don't run anything no, but i run my mouth yeah, i run my she, mouth <laughs> she doesn't do anything you guys but, but i'm here yeah yeah welcome back to episode 23 this is part two of john muhammad and lee malvo mm-hmm. we're super 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 excited to be back if you want yeah. to see if you want to see us through this process and you know our reactions whatever subscribe to our patreon I think I'm going to put it at, I think I'm going to put our first video at any level. So any level that you subscribe at, you'll be able to see this video, Holler at Your Girl. And then Mm. from then on, I'll probably put, you know, all of our episodes that we record because we're going to do all of our episodes now from video with video, no matter how shit. You know what? I'm glad you said that because this sets the precedent of how I'm going to most likely be looking. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, like I didn't plan for this like i don't want to be fully dressed kayla wants to be super cute she wants to put on a little bit of makeup and like i have no makeup on right now don't try to play me this is I our have first no video on right now this is our first video okay hopefully we could just like my plan is to just stay chill y'all see me <laughs> love you maybe when we have like a special one i might get dolled up 
But mostly I'm going to be looking just like this. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. favorite and jammies. So this intro has been far too fucking long. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, you guys. Okay, let's shut the fuck up and give the people what they want, <laughs> which is us finishing up this case. Okay. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, so where we started off last episode, or where we ended, I'm sorry, last episode, was the death of a cute young woman named Kenya Cook. So Lee Malvo pulled up to her house on the instructions of John and basically just shot her in the face when she opened the door. Right. He was aiming for someone else. If you didn't see the last episode, or if you need like a refresher, because that bitch was I like totally six weeks need ago. A yeah. refresher. I'm about to say you need, you need a little refresher. John was mad at the woman that lived there because she had caused issues between his ex-wife and their custody battle, stuff like that. So he was like, I want you to put her out of her misery. Mm. And so he sends baby boy Lee over there and gives him a, a 45 caliber pistol and says, shoot the bitch. That's what he said. I'm not saying that she wasn't. I'm not calling her a bitch, but that's what he said. And Kenya was there, her 21 year old niece, and she was the one that was shot instead. And she was shot while she had her six-month-old baby in the house. So, yeah, that's where Lee becomes, you know, that's the start of Lee's complete and utter downfall. Right. Like, he's just no the longer destruction of his life. a victim mm-hmm. or a killer in training. He is now a killer. Actively killing. Yes. So. All right. So, the next. Mm-hmm. <sighs> This all started the crime spree. So the next thing we're going to talk about for probably the next fucking 30 minutes is Kayla, their don't victims. make it seem like that because Lord have mercy. I know it sounds <laughs> it sounded really extensive. It sounded really there, exhausting. <laughs> but there's a lot to cover. So let's just fucking start it. It's been what we've been talking already for 10 minutes. Like, let's give the people a break. Okay, guys, we're focused. Let's let make them focus on stuff that's horrible. Focus, so, guys, focus. Here we go. Nothing but respect for the next 30 minutes talking about these victims. You heard? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. So Paul LaRufa was a restaurateur in Clinton, Maryland. And at the end of the day, on September 5th, 2002, LaRofa closed his restaurant and proceeded to take his laptop, computer, and $3,500 in cash to his car. After he sat behind the steering wheel, he saw a figure to his left and a flash of light. Then he heard the gunshots. LaRofa, I'm not going to call him LaRofa. I have to do Paul because I don't even think I'm saying it right. You're not. Thank you. Paul was shot six times. Six times but thank god he survived well and if you check the drive poopy toopy mm-hmm. that's my sister <laughs> that's one of my nicknames for her um She's you horrible will- guys i know, <laughs> I know it's bad <laughs> poopy toopy. Mm. if you go and check the drive you will see that all of the victors victims are numbered so you can see their pictures and grieve with me right so paula ruffa Yep. Is older older white guy. It's really sad. An employee who left the restaurant with Paul witnessed the shooting and called 911. He testified that he saw a 
kid run up to LaRufa's car, fire into it, and take the briefcase and laptop. Mm. The briefcase and laptop um, and the empty deposit bags were found six weeks later in a wooded area. Actually, no, I'm sorry. The briefcase and empty deposit bags were found six weeks later in a wooded area, approximately a mile from the shooting. Mm. So this was pretty brazen. Like he shot him six times and then reached into his car to steal his belongings. To get his shit. There was just no, no give a fuck at that moment. That's what he came to do. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How horrible. <sighs> 10 days later, on September 15th, 2002, there was a second shooting in Clinton, Maryland. A man named Mohammed Rashid was locking the front door of the Three Roads liquor store from the outside when he heard gunshots behind him. A young man then rushed him and shot him in the stomach. Mm. Thankfully, he survived. Thank God. Thank God. Almost a week later, on September 21st, Claudine Parker and Kelly Adams were shot after closing the Zelda Road ABC liquor store in Montgomery, Alabama. So they went from Maryland to Alabama, you know, in a week's time. And for some reason, they keep going to liquor stores. I don't, yeah. I don't know. This is the second liquor, or second liquor store they've tried to run up on. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Claudine died as a result of her gunshot wound through the back. The bullet transected which if you're not like a medical person, it means cut through or cut across. I'm sorry. Cut across her spinal cord and pass through her lung. Good Lord. And yeah. It was just over with after that. Wow. Yeah. Rest in peace, Claudine. Rest in peace, Claudine. You're beautiful. Yeah, she really was. You guys can see the pictures on our Instagram or our Patreon. Period. Kelly Adams was shot through the neck. Sorry, this is a bit gruesome. And the bullet exited through her chin, breaking her jaw in half, shattering her face and teeth, paralyzing her left vocal cord, and severing nerves in her left shoulder. But she survived! But she survived. Good. She's alive. Goobly goo. Like, this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Kelly yeah. Adams. Like, I can't can't imagine that. You just mind your business. And all of a sudden, somebody run up on you. You getting shot left and right. It's just the worst. It's sickening. It's the worst. So, yeah. It's like they have no regard for life. They're shooting everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody they, they can get their hands on. They're not. It's not even like a targeted thing. It's just like a, you know, take as many people down right. as I possibly can. Like some evil shit. It's not yep. even strategy. Nope. It's just rude. Bullets recovered from the shooting were eventually identified as coming from a Bushmaster high-powered rifle. And when the rifle was being fired, Lee Malvo was seen approaching the ladies. Mm. I'm saying that now because obviously you guys know who did all these killings. But at the time, they didn't know that it was Lee Malvo. A police car even passed by the scene immediately after the shooting, and the officers saw Malvo going through the woman's purse, Kelly's purse. But they what? saw him, mm-hmm. and then and then the officers like chased after him. They gave chase, but he escaped. 
I mean, when, when, when we're talking like, you know, I have respect for the job of being a police officer because it's extremely difficult despite whatever is going on with, you know, how they're treating black people. I don't condone that shit, but being a police officer is not an easy job, but it also becomes harder when you're probably a fat fuck. <laughs> and you are chasing after someone that's 17 and like trained for this shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not surprised that they weren't able to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> we have a bunch of middle-aged men that are not in the best shape being yeah. the very ones that need to protect and serve yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't go to the army and see no nigga that can't even put a belt on, his belly's tight and he looks constipated. Like you just don't yeah. see that. Yeah. <laughs> so what did I tell you about saying nigga? Okay, we're going <sighs> to try to work that out of the podcast. I'm getting back in the swing of things. Just give me Give me a minute. Excuse her, y'all. So in the process of Lee being chased and escaping, he dropped a gun catalog. Now, when I when I saw a gun catalog, I couldn't. I was like, is that like a fancy word for a magazine? You know, like it's kind of the same thing, like a gun magazine, gun catalog. But I really think it was just like a paper catalog. Mm-hmm. And he also dropped a 22 caliber stainless steel revolver. And that mm. was found in the stairwell of an apartment building that he'd run through. Okay. And the re- the revolver that they found was the same as the one to shoot Paul LaRufa and Mohammed Rashid. He's so sloppy. On October, I'm sorry, no. On September 23rd, this is two days later, the manager of a Baton Rouge, Louisiana beauty supply store, holla at you girl, love me a beauty supply store. The owner's name was Hong M. Ballinger, and she was walking to her car after closing the store for the evening when she was shot once in the head. Mm, mm, mm. The bullet entered the back of her head and exited through her jawbone. She died as a result of her wounds. Good God. The bullet was determined to have come from the same Bushmaster rifle, and witnesses saw Lee once again flee from the scene with Hong's purse. Rest in peace, Hong. Rest in peace, Hong. She was so beautiful. She's so pretty. Like a little Ugh. flower. On October 2nd, which was a Wednesday, 55-year-old James Martin, a program analyst for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, mouthful, mm-hmm. was killed outside a shopper's food warehouse in Silver Spring, Maryland. He was said to be a lover of red wine. Okay, a man after my own heart. Kayla loves her some red wine. I'm showing it. If you're on Patreon, you can see it. If you're not, you're missing out. <laughs> and I don't really fuck wear- with it. I'm not gonna lie, but it's cute. I did not. Ask. I'm just letting the um. people. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know. My preference is a brewski. This I'm whole not even gonna lie. Burrs and and they I be like, like the hard. Fizz. They be like hard ciders, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like so disgusting. it still has to taste good, but I like the face. She be having like this apple bread. It just be taking me out. Period. But we're not gonna disclose their name because they're not paying us to do so. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're good. Wine just feels so dull. Kayla, can we please get back to the victim? I, Chris, I was literally just about to say, can we get back to James? You fucking Where did we talking go? your head off. Okay. 
he's a man after my own heart because he loves red wine and he wore he wore silly church ties like he wore silly ties to church to like i don't know maybe like lift people's spirits or make them laugh so in other words he was adorable he was the best did you see the picture of him yeah i'm looking at him in his eyes right now his eyebrows were humongous but so is our fathers. So we relate with him even more. Yeah, he just looks like a beautiful person. Yeah. <sighs> Rest in peace, James. Rest in and peace, James. The next day, the police were called to a crime scene and found another James. Good God. This James was James Buchanan, a 39-year-old landscaper who had been fatally shot while mowing a lawn at a commercial business location near Walkville, Maryland. He was working as an independent landscaper at the time, but also volunteered with the Crime Stoppers Hotline and was on the regional board of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Washington. So, like, like, what was the point of even shooting him? It doesn't even seem like he was in the way. That's what I'm saying. They're just trying to take out as many people as possible. And they're... Their, their victim pool is so diverse. Yeah. You can't even say that they're trying to... You know, it's like a race-related thing. Right. It's really It's really not. They're just it's getting just, anybody that they can. Literally. That's it. Yeah. It's just like unmitigated hate. That's sick. Yep. So the next three shootings occurred in Silver Spring, Maryland on October 3rd, the same fucking day. At approximately 8.15 a.m., Prem Kumar, a walliker. Hmm? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, a 54-year-old part-time cab driver was shot while putting gas in his taxi. Mm. The bullet went through his left arm and entered his chest, where it fatally damaged his heart. Prem immigrated from India when he was 18 and was preparing to go back to enjoy his retirement at the time of his death. Come on. Yeah. He was, like, at the perfect point in life. About to walk away from this debauchery and go live and live yeah yeah come on he is said to have been a quiet man with a good sense of humor my type of guy but that's not what you're dating okay it's not who i'm engaged to get it right period did we tell them i don't even have my you're showing a ring with no no (laughs) showing a finger with no ring (laughs) yeah everybody knows if if you're new to the pat if you're new to the podcast Oh my god, if you're not even a Patreon subscriber, then I think they I shouldn't only told even, my yeah, Patreon subscribers. That's a fact. Well, your girl's engaged. This isn't a time for happiness, so we'll talk about that another time. But Okay, you have to remind me so quick. <laughs> I know. Are we ready secret. to be getting up out of this? No, I'm talking about like I completely change the subject all the time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you do. This is the way I process something that I don't understand. Mm. I change the subject. <laughs> you talk about something else. Forgive me. Grow up. Let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks for that. I support you. I support you. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Back to stoic, horrible, heartbreakingness. Yeah. At approximately eight thirty on the same day, literally fifteen minutes later, thirty-four-year-old Sarah Ramos was killed while sitting on a bench. In front of the crispy and juicy restaurant in the Leisure World Shopping Center. The bullet entered through the front of her head and exited through her spinal cord really? at the top of her neck. God. 
Jeez Louise. When I saw these details, I was like, I could have done without them. But I know that people live for the gory. You know, they love to know. I want to. Yeah. Like it helps me visualize. Visualize. Like, yeah. And messed up this is. Exactly. Exactly. Sarah was the mother of, of a seven-year-old son at the time of her death and was working as a babysitter. She was an El Salvadorian immigrant. Pray to God I said that right. And is remembered as a cheerful, fun-loving wife who was also very involved in her local church. Both bullets were identified as having come from a Bushmaster rifle and an eyewitness identified Mohammed's Chevrolet Caprice at the scene of the second shooting. No. I'm like, somebody caught the car. Well, did you catch the license plate? Because I'm sick of them at this point. I know, I know. And it's just Lee doing the killing. I mean, that that's what has been, I guess, hypothesized at this point. We don't necessarily know. Um, when he, when Lee has killed people, though, he has left the car and, you know, shot them point blank or just literally walked up to them. But some of the killings, someone just shot from the other side of the parking lot. Hmm. Which is fucking wild. Maybe that was like the sniper part of things. Like, yeah, the, and we'll get to that part. We'll get to that. This is crazy. On October 3rd, the same day, at 10 a.m., 25 year old Lori Lewis Rivera was shot in the back while vacuuming her car at a Shell gas station in Kensington, Maryland. She was a married mother of one. And from middle school, she knew she wanted to be a nanny and take care of children. So, a.k.a. Heart of Gold. It's like he's Her catching father, all of the hearts of gold. I know. They're, like, looking for who looks the most innocent. Let's hurt them. Let's kill them. It's like the vibe I'm getting. Oh, her father said she was special to everyone she met, and she brought friendship and love to everyone around her. We all should be more like Lori. Rest in peace, Lori. Rest in peace, Lori. And all the other victims we didn't say rest in peace to. Yes, yes. The bullet was identified as coming from the same type of gun as all the other shootings. And an eyewitness said that he saw a Chevrolet Caprice in the area approximately 20 minutes before the shooting. Hmm. So, yeah, they're just, I mean, people are just seeing them. It's just they can't catch them in time. It's just so fucked. At approximately 7 p.m., a police officer stopped Mohammed for running two stop signs. Mm -hmm. So pulled him over and the officer gave him a warning. Are you kidding me, Kayla? And released him. Because, you know, sometimes because they keep traveling from district to district and, you know, county to county, not all policemen really communicate the best way. But after how many victims, these people were not on the wanted list by now? Like, I know. I'm like, it has been at least four people have been shot, almost killed in Maryland itself. Like, how is this not something that's on national news? Yeah. If not local. Exactly. Or even just on the police scanner. Look out for a fucking Chevy Caprice. Wow. Later that same night, so I think we're up to four shootings in one fucking day. Yeah. That same night at around 9 p.m., 72-year-old Pascal Chariot was shot in the chest as he crossed the intersection of Georgia Avenue and Calmia Road in D.C. Chariot's shooting happened about 30 blocks from where Mohammed was stopped. So it's like, if you just caught him, 
if you just, you know, there's just more communication going on. None of this other bullshit tragedy could, you know, could have happened. So, (sighs) unfortunately, Pascal died about an hour later at the hospital. He was a Haitian immigrant who lived alone with his wife and worked as a carpenter. And it's said to have helped a lot of his neighbors fix things around their homes. Hmm. After these shootings, the police announced they are investigating the shootings as the work of a serial sniper. No shit. You think by now, by the 11th victim? No shit. Yeah. And describe the gunman as a, quote, skilled shooter. The next day, October 4th, 2002, 43-year-old Carolyn Sewell was putting bags in her minivan outside of a Michael's craft store in Fredericksburg, Virginia, when she was shot once in the back. The bullet damaged her liver. The bullet damaged her liver and exited through her right breast, but she survived. She survived. Thank God. We got another one, guys. She Thank survived. God. An eyewitness testified to see a caprice in the parking lot at the time of the shooting, and ballistic tests determined the bullet fragments came from a Bushmaster rifle. Dun da da! Like we know this. Same motherfucker. We know this. So at this time, police set up a tip hotline and offered a reward of $50,000 for, you know, information leading to the arrest. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that reward would grow to $500,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, you Child, think- I would be snitching. I would be snitching. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chevy Caprice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the I'm, first one know? to get the license plate. Period. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give me my money. because what the fuck are y'all doing nothing i mean somebody clearly needs to help you guys and i understand like you're you're chasing like it's like Mm -hmm. chasing a rabbit like you don't get to Mm -hmm. start first you don't get to see what's going to happen before it happens like you have to follow the trail but damn by the 11th victim you guys should have been had all their information that caprice on the news so people could help you yeah what the fuck like come on (laughs) But you know, sometimes they like to keep things under wraps to like to not like cause a scene. To not, yeah, not to panic the public. But it's like people are dying left and right. The public is panicked. I'm like, at this point, panic them. Tell them to stay their asses in the house until this sniper, you know, is rectified. Yep. So finally, on Sunday, October sixth, after like what twelve people have been shot, investigators completed their geographic profile of the killer, and the FBI started working on their psychological profile. Mm. So the FBI is getting involved at this point, and hopefully things get to moving. But the next day, October fifth, at eight oh nine. A.M. Tanya Brown was taking her 13-year-old son Iron Brown to Tasker Middle School in Bowie, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And as Aaron, or sorry, and as Iron was walking on the sidewalk to the school, he was shot once in the chest. Mm-hmm. 13-year-old Tanya drove Iron to a healthcare center where surgeons were able to save his life despite his lung damage, a large hole in his diaphragm, damage to the left lobe of his liver, and lacerations to his stomach, pancreas, and spleen. Like, dude. So basically, that bullet, I'm about to say, that bullet went in him and did played hockey puck or like whatever the fuck that game is. Pinball. That's what that game is. (laughs) And thank God he survived. He survived. 
R- Thank you, Jesus. I was about to say RIP, but well, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank Not God. this time. Two eyewitnesses testified that they saw a caprice in the vicinity of the school the day before and the morning of the shooting. So it kind of seems like he was like, they were looking for a kid to shoot, which is like, why? Like, why? And I can't even say that Lee is doing this because Lee, at this point, he's still a victim. Like, it's easy to be like, oh, well, he's killing people. But it's like, he's a kid. He's 17 years old. He's been primed and prepped and poked by this guy. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the poked part later. Whoa. And yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's just doing what he feels like he's supposed to do to keep this adult in his life happy. And it's just really, really terrible. Yeah, but I want to know, like, so does that mean that John is calling the shots? Like, is he, is he the one picking the victims? And if he is the one picking the victims, why? What is his method of madness? Like, why are he, why is he choosing the people that he's choosing? Well, spoiler alert, there isn't really a method to his madness. There wasn't, oh, this is why I pick a person. No, it was just like, let's cause as much harm, pain, hurt, death, destruction as possible. I feel like he was like, hmm, our statistic is missing something. We need a kid and just took a kid's life. Like, how just, yeah, yeah, disrespectful yeah. Disgusting. is that? Disgusting. To think you is. can play with life like that. Mm hmm. One eyewitness was able to positively identify both John Muhammad and Lee Malvo in the Caprice the morning of the shooting. Mm -hmm. So obviously they were both together. The police searched the surrounding area and found a ballpoint pen and a shell casing in the woods near the school. So obviously they're tying that to the killers. The area had been pressed down like a blind used to conceal hunters. Mm. So this was, you know, going back to that training that they were doing while they were hanging out at the Y and just like going out randomly and him tying lead to trees and shit. That that's where that comes in. Absolutely. The tissue samples from the pen matched Muhammad's DNA and the shell casing and bullet fragments were determined to have come from a Bushmaster rifle. The Brown shooting was also the first time that police discovered communications from the shooters. So when they shot Iron, they left a tarot card for death, a tarot card for death. They left that there. And on the back was written, call me God. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the front, I'm sorry. On the front, it said, call me, call me God. And then on the back, it said, for you, Mr. Police code call me god do not release to the press like, so yeah they're kind of do mm-hmm. you think that you are like what type of fucking sh- war yeah. are you having in your mind that nobody else wants to participate in but you two <laughs> like what are <laughs> we doing out here yeah. sending codes and trying, shit. i about to say i think they're trying to like take a book or a page out of the zodiac killers book Mm -hmm. which is probably one of my favorite if i had to say i have a favorite serial killer that would probably be the one but yeah they're just mm -hmm, they're starting to toy with them i think they're honestly just starting to get their confidence up and say like yeah bitch we can do this they don't give what the fuck are they gonna do so because they've they've hurt like 13 people you know killed what at this point what six maybe seven so yeah they're really feeling themselves yeah three days later on october 9th 53 year old dean myers was fueling his car at a sonico station in manassas virginia when he was shot in the head by a single bullet 
he unfortunately died of his energy in, injury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a Vietnam veteran and worked as a project manager at a civil engineering firm. And he was said to have been hardworking and thoughtful and the kind of guy who would feed stray cats. Oh, if you hear Kristen clicking around in the background, it's because she's trying to like look at the pictures of everyone. Yeah, I'm trying to do it quietly. Provide it. It's not working. <laughs> The bullet was later determined to have come from a Bushmaster rifle. An eyewitness testified that she saw Mohammed and Malvo in the area approximately one hour prior Mm. to the shooting. The police actually interviewed Mohammed in a parking lot across the street immediately after the shooting. Uh, Like, are we, are we, are we, are we, are we, we, we've lost it. They lost it. Did they not even seem like they were like suspicious? Like, were you not even suspicious of them? Did they not show you anything? I have no idea. How did they I mean, when you're dealing, when you're dealing with a person that can turn into whatever they think that you want them to be, it's hard to really know what the fuck is going on. And, um, but later they would find out that one of the maps found in the parking lot had Muhammad's fingerprints on it. Okay. And witnesses say they saw two people leaving a white van. So I'm not really fucking sure if they were in a white van when the police questioned them right. or when the witnesses, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of miscommunication. Um, if there was more organization, maybe these things could have like been universally known and people could have been looking out for it. Or someone could have said, hey, like there was a witness over there that said they saw two people in a white van. Hey, I just interviewed somebody in a fucking white van. You know, like it's just. <laughs> but it has me like this. Also, another thing I thought of <laughs> cracking up <laughs> was that they're not in this caprice anymore. So if they're not yeah. in the caprice, which is blue. Then maybe they, they, you know, kind of evaded by switching up their MO. Mm. They haven't really switched up their MO. They just changed their, they disguised themselves. Yeah, they changed what vehicle they were using, but they still use the same gun like some idiots. (laughs) (laughs) So, unbeknownst to us, because clearly we don't fucking know how they're still free, they're still free on October 11th. When 53-year-old Kenneth Bridges was shot and killed at an Exxon gas station. (laughs) Sorry. Minding his business. Minding his straight-up business in Massaponax, Virginia. Virginia, get your shit together. You guys have the dumbest names. (laughs) The dumbest names. And I can say that because I lived the majority of my life in Virginia. And that I'm still here now. Yeah. Hating life. Not all that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He was shot once in the chest by a bullet identified as having come from... Kristen, go ahead and finish it for us. A bush rifle. A Bushmaster <laughs> rifle, yes. I'm not going to get this right, but I was close. No. I was close. Can- Kenneth was the president and chairman of an organization focused on supporting black-owned businesses and promoting woot, self-sufficiency woot. among the black community. Mm. So he was a gem to the end. All of these gems. It's like, damn, why are y'all always out? Go home. Yeah. Yeah. Stay (laughs) your ass at the house. They're living. This man was putting gas in his car and was shot. I know. That's what makes it even scarier. Because it's like, where would I? Right. Like, where would I go to not to miss them somehow? Because at this point, they're everywhere. Nothing. None of this was. 
Yeah, none of this was preventable yeah. in the sense of the public. Yeah. Kenneth also ran a marketing and di- distribution organization. He loved playing basketball, hanging out with his six children. Damn. Yeah. He was, Go ahead, Kenneth. But I am mad. He loved them. He hung out with them. That's legacy. Period. Two eyewitnesses testified that they saw a Caprice at or near the Exxon that morning so you know they switched up for a second went back to what they're comfortable with and it seems like they shot him from the back of the car like it doesn't seem like lee got out of the car mm-hmm. and yeah we'll kind of get more into that well we definitely will there will be pictures mm-hmm. the 14th shooting occurred on october 14th 2002 in falls church virginia it's getting way too close for comfort to home to <laughs> for me it's the dmv for me yeah, <laughs> I don't yes. appreciate it. 47-year-old FBI agent Linda Franklin and her husband were loading their car outside of a Home Depot when she was shot in the head by a single bullet and killed. Linda was an agent who studied terror threats in the Bureau. She had beaten cancer and was expecting her first granddaughter. Damn it, at the Linda. Time of her death. Damn it. <sighs> Poor Linda. She was beautiful. Yeah, she just seemed like she had like a lot of life ahead yeah, of her. Yeah, like I want to give all these people like, like I would probably fuck with them in real life type stuff. Yeah, like it hurts even more. That's why I try to get as many pictures as I can because it hurts to see that people were just living their life, and then it's taken from them, completely taken from them. It just makes it more real. Yeah, it does. Ballistic experts determined that the bullet was from a Bushmaster rifle, once a fucking gun, and witnesses gave information about license plates on vehicles seen fleeing the scene, including a light-colored Chevrolet Astro van okay. with a burnt-out taillight. Okay. Another witness describes the possible shooter as a dark-skinned man, possibly Hispanic or Middle Eastern in a white van. Mm. So they, you know, they're being they're able to switch between vehicles mm-hmm. somehow. I wonder who this white man actually belongs to. They probably thought they were doing something too. Like, oh, we switching mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. They probably hijacked they it. They were. No. The next day, October 15th, a Rockville, Maryland dispatcher received a telephone call that I'm about to quote. Don't say anything. Just listen. We're the people who are causing the killings in your area. Look on the tarot card. It says, call me God. Do not release to press. We've called you three times before trying to set up negotiations. We've gotten no response. People have died. Don't do that. And then the, and then the caller hung up before the dispatcher could transfer the call to the sniper task force. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think they the really called day- them, though? they did yeah i think they really did because like i said even leaving the tarot card it just shows that they wanted some attention Mm -hmm. and they wanted something from law enforcement and that was just like their first like little play like let me tease them a little bit and then the fact that they said they've called them three times like that i feel like that's real shit Mm -hmm. i'm just thinking like what the do you want at this point and do you like (laughs) i'm thinking do you really think we're gonna give it to you after you just killed 14 mother people yeah yeah but what do you want yeah well they're gonna let them know we're gonna find out 
The next day, the military actually got involved. The Defense Department announced it will be providing military surveillance aircrafts in the hunt. So the Army began to search for people in their records Mm -hmm. with cyber training because they're like, you know, somebody's very talented in this way. And we just they have to be having they, they have to have had some type of training. And that's what they're looking for at this part at this point. On October 18th, Officer Derek Baliles of the Montgomery County, Maryland Police Department received a telephone call. Mm. The caller told Baliles to shut up and said that he knew. Yeah, that's what he said. And said that he knew who was doing the shootings, but wanted the police to verify some information before he said anything further. The caller asked questions about the Parker and Adams shootings in Alabama and then hung up again. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When the caller called again, Belilez verified the shootings. The caller stated that he needed to find more coins and a telephone without surveillance and then hung up again. So they're just being hella messy. Hella just messy. Honestly, annoying as hell at this point. <laughs> you like, literally oh said God. it right. Like, why are you doing the most? Y'all could have just yeah. kept doing what y'all was doing, but now you're trying to start a commotion. And if you want something, let us know so we can possibly get it for you so you can possibly stop fucking killing people. And hurry up. Stop hanging up. Like, what are you doing? Then why are you even calling me if you're continuing to hang up? Yeah. Yeah, go off. Like, I just, I'm just sad that they got to kill this many people. Yeah, they did. They really did. The same day, William Sullivan, a priest in Ashland, Virginia, received a telephone call from two people. The first male voice told him that someone else wanted to speak to him. And the second male voice said that, quote, the lady didn't have to die. And it was at the Home Depot. Mm -hmm. So I think that was Linda Franklin's murder. Mm -hmm. The caller, the caller then told him about the shooting in Alabama and said, Mr. Policeman, I am God. Do not tell the press. The caller concluded by telling Sullivan to relay the information to the police. It just has to be some narcissistic shit going on, some mental health. Something's going on with John. He's fucking lost it. The next day, October 19th, 37-year-old Jeffrey Hopper and his wife were leaving a restaurant in Ashland, Virginia, when he was shot in the abdomen. Hopper survived, but his injuries required five surgeries to repair his pancreas, stomach, kidneys, liver, diaphragm, and intestines. Don't get shot, people, because it just seems like either you're really lucky or that bullet is just going to hit every orifice in your body and you're going to be using a colostomy bag for the next year. Like five surgeries. Good God. But he survived. He survived. In the woods near the crime scene, police discovered another blind similar to the one of the brown shooting. Remember when it was like grass was laid down for someone to be laying in it and mm-hmm. possibly like a hideaway mm-hmm. yeah they also found a shell casing a candy wrapper and a plastic sandwich bag that was attached with a thumbtack to a tree at eye level and was decorated with halloween characters and self-adhesive stars so it's like what the fudge are you doing <laughs> The shell casing and bullets were determined to have come from a Bushmaster rifle. I'm so sick of this. They can't find another one. I would gun say they can't afford another one. No, no. The candy wrapper contained Mohammed's and Malvo's DNA. It's just like, yes, rack up the evidence for me. <laughs> this 
<laughs> the sandwich bag contained a handwritten message. Mm. And it said, for you, Mr. Police, call me God. Fuck's sake, I'm so tired of that. Don't tell the do press. Not re- do not release to the press. <laughs> we have tried to contact you to start negotiation. These people took our call for a hoax or a joke. So your failure to respond has cost you five lives. If stopping the killing is more important than catching us now, then you will accept our demand, which is non-refund or non-negotiable. One, you will place ten million dollars in bank in a Bank of America account. We will have unlimited withdrawal at any ATM worldwide. How ironic! You will activate the bank account, credit card, and PIN number. We will contact you at a Ponderosa buffet in Ashland, Virginia, and here's the telephone number: six a.m. at Sunday on Sunday morning. You have until nine a.m. Monday morning to complete the transaction. Try to catch us with drawing. At least you will have less body bags. If trying to catch us now is more important, then prepare your body bags. Wow. If, yeah. If we give you our word, that is what takes place. Word is bond. P.S. Your children are not safe anywhere at any time. Yeah, like literally threaten them in the worst way possible. I'm going to, I could kill your children in any second. Do what I'm telling you to do. The gall on these guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's making me want to throw up. And like, look, I'm looking at Lee. I'm like, Kayla, he thinks he's somebody like he really is feeling himself. You can see it in his eyes. And he's a straight killer with no remorse. Yeah, because that's what he's been taught. Wow. It's really hard. Like sometimes I try to catch myself from not feeling empathy for him. But it's like it's hard not to feel empathy for someone that was a kid and around someone who had been coaching him and training him to do all these horrible things. Yeah. Maybe if Una, his mom, stayed in the motherfucking picture, maybe we wouldn't have this issue. But Una lived for Una. So child this is the longest story yeah. i feel like i know everything about this man lee malvo yep. his whole life was spent on our podcast <laughs> i really did a lot of research just you really this did ep- um this research was 26 pages long so it was a lot good god okay yeah the note that we just read it wasn't even found by the time the deadline had passed so they didn't even know it wasn't <laughs> are you kidding me people didn't even know Where like that was there was the a note? deadline I have no idea i think it was i think it was attached to that tree but they didn't find i guess that evidence until after monday mm. the day after Je- jeffrey hopper was shot the fbi sniper tip line received a call from a male who stated don't talk just listen call me god I left a message for you at the Ponderosa. I am trying to reach you at the Ponderosa. Be there to take a call in 10 minutes. So on October 21st, the FBI negotiations team received a call that had been rerouted from the Ponderosa telephone number. And a recorded voice said, don't say anything. Just listen. Dear police, call me God. Do not release to the press. Five red stars. You have our terms. They are non-negotiable. If you choose option one, you will hold a press conference stating to the media that you believe you have caught the sniper like a duck in a noose. Mm. 
Repeat every word exactly as you heard it. If you choose option two, be sure to remember we will not deviate. P.S. Your children are not safe. Period. In case you didn't hear it the last time. <laughs> the- and, and 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 if you don't remember from the last seven times I've said it, call me God. Kayla. Like, get over yourself. What are we doing here? Like, why yeah, did they learn I feel, to be like this? I feel complacent in this debauchery, just reading it. And there's pictures on the drive of the notes no, that was it. written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you must feel like you're God if you're acting this just wild, just bold. Entitled. Entitled. Dignified. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Who are you? What are you? What are you is my question. On the same day, police surround a white van at a payphone at an Exxon gas station in Richmond, Virginia. They arrest one man in the vehicle and a second man in the vicinity, but later said they could not be connected to the sniper shootings. So, at least they're uh, trying. Like, I included that in there to just show that they're trying. I don't think that's like up for debate here. It's whether or not they're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> if them trying is benefiting the situation. If it's even up to par. That's what yeah, we're trying yeah, to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and us being in the public, it's easy to be like, no, you should be doing more. But it's like, we don't really know what they're doing. The police don't tell us anything. So we're just going off of what we know. And I feel like they could have been doing more. Period. The next day at 6 a.m., 35-year-old Conrad Johnson, a bus driver from the Montgomery County Transit Authority, was shot in the chest as he was entering his bus in Aspen Hill, Maryland. Johnson was conscious when the rescue workers arrived but died at the hospital. He was a married father of two at the time of his death and was said to be, quote, definitely a pillar to his community and his family. He is remembered as a funny family-loving man who had a passion for weightlifting and football. Mm. And this is a black man. And this isn't the first black man that they killed. Mm. Or a black, you know, there was a black woman that they killed. So I'm just like, at the beginning, in the last episode, it was kind of made to be racial. Thought, Yeah, to be thought that John wanted to build like this black community where black men and women or, you know, boys could thrive and all this type of stuff. But he's killing. He's killing them. So I, I don't really know. That's why I said there's no basis to this this horribleness. The bullet fragments were determined to have come from a Bushmaster rifle. And they found another blind nearby. A black duffel bag nearby and a brown left-handed glove. DNA from hair found in the duffel bag matched that of John Muhammad. Another plastic bag that contained self-adhesive stars, which, you know, remember he said five stars or whatever, and a note were left behind. On October 24, 2002, at 3.19 a.m., the FBI captured Muhammad and Malvo at a rest area in Frederick County. Yes. Like, <laughs> about time. When I, saw your, when I saw your face, I was like, what's happening to her? <laughs> but you were rejoicing. Literally yes. with gladness. <laughs> and I'm like slightly upset. At the same time, it was more like a mm-hmm. freaking time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they found them at a rest area, and bec- they were able to find them because they received a phone call from someone at the same rest stop saying that they saw the car from the news. Mm. 
both men were asleep in the caprice when the police pulled up on them. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I hope they felt the fear of God in them. I hope they shit their pants. <laughs> Just woke up and now you see you're surrounded. No Just... getting out. <sighs> I don't even have any empathy. Goodbye. Fuck off. They found a Bushmaster rifle in the car, idiots, and the DNA on the rifle would later match to both John Muhammad and Lee Malvo, although the only fingerprints found on the rifle were Lee's. Mm. So we can just assume there that John was obviously involved in the killings, like no shit, but it's kind of hard to prove that he actually pulled the trigger, but being that Lee is an underage kid, it's easy to see that he was manipulated into put them, you know. Honestly, they could both be killing him, but I know Lee did majority of them. Yeah, the shooting. Yeah. The Caprice had been modified with heavy window tent, a hinged rear seat that provided easy access to the trunk from the passenger compartment, and a hole that had been cut into the trunk lid just above the license plate. Covering the hole was a right-handed brown glove that matched the one that they found at the Johnson shooting. And a rubber seal crossed over the hole. So if you go to the drive, you'll see the picture of the actual Mm -hmm. or like an illustration of how the Caprice looked on the inside and how they were able to shoot people from the inside of the trunk. Just really wild. Like they really did a lot of premeditation. This was war for them. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. That's exactly what it was. Police also found the following items in the Caprice. A GPS a magazine about rifles, an AT&T telephone charge card, earplugs, maps, plastic radio, or I'm sorry, plastic sandwich bags, a rifle scope, ammunition for a 22 caliber gun, mm-hmm. a two-way radio, a digital voice recorder, a receipt from a Baton Rouge, Louisiana grocery store dated September 27th, which is just like giving you all the tea that you need to line up their whereabouts mm-hmm. with the shootings an electronic organizer a plastic bag from big lots a slip of paper containing the sniper task force telephone number and a list of schools in the baltimore area so shit could have got really really real really bad. bad real bad like they were plotting to take it to the next level police found paula rufa's laptop computer on two, which John had loaded, quote, Microsoft Streets and Trips 2002 on September 2nd. So this was like right when the killing started. Mm-hmm. He started like a little folder that had like maps of where they'd gone. It had icons marked on the maps. It included um, some skulls and crossbones on the places that they had been. Wow. Um, the icons indicated were Prim Wallacar, yeah, Lori Lewis Rivera, Carolyn Sewell, Iron Brown, Dean Myers, and Linda Franklin had all been shot. That was all indicated on in the in the folder on the map. There was also a document entitled Allah Eight.rtf that contained portions of the text communicated to police in the extortion demands. So it's just like they found. Everything they'd ever need. Goodbye. Like nothing else. And the thing is, Malvo and and the other one probably thought they were being smart (laughs) and strategic (laughs) by having all this information, keeping it, logging it. Little did you know, this is literally the investigation. 
and that's laptop. all they need. That's all they need. But I think John was just so like, oh yeah, I'm I'm hot shit. I'm popping. No one will ever catch us. Like whatever, idiot. I think he thought he was um, methodical enough. Yeah, that they wouldn't catch yeah. him. Yeah, idiot. In total, Muhammad was accused of shooting 16 people and killing 10 of them. Wow. Muhammad was convicted for conspiracy to commit capital murder and for the illegal use of a firearm during the commission of murder. On November 24, 2003, the jury sentenced Muhammad to death for the capital murder and to 23 years in prison for the firearm charges. The trial court entered final judgment in accordance with the verdict on March 29, 2004. So basically at that point, there was no getting around it. You did this and you're going to pay for it, suffer for it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So when it came to Marvel's case, it wasn't just so cut and dry and beautiful. Like John. Marvel was charged by the Commonwealth of Virginia for two capital crimes. The murder of FBI analyst Linda Franklin and the murder of more than one person in a three-year period. That's what he was charged with. With While in jail, he made a recorded confession to Detective Samuel Walker in which he stated that he, quote, intended to kill them all. Uh, Kayla, so, yeah. no remorse. Yeah, this is, like, this is like when he's fresh out from under this horrendous Muhammad. person that has, you know, dictated everything in his life at this point. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity to all charges on the grounds that he was under Muhammad's control the whole time. One of Malvo's psychiatric witnesses testified that John Muhammad, a member of the Nation of Islam, had indoctrinated him into believing that the proceeds of the extortion attempt will be used to begin a new nation of only pure black young persons somewhere in Canada. <laughs> so in other words, he was like, oh, we're going to kill these people. We're going to steal money from these people. We're going to extort the police. And we're going to use the money that we get from all of that. To finally then to help op- people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to destroy people and then we're going to help only a specific group of mm-hmm. people that we can manipulate And to probably doing all of this all over again. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was never going to end here. On December 18th, 2003, after nearly 14 hours of deliberation, the jury convicted Lee Malvo of both charges. On December 23rd, a jury recommended a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of promote for the murder of Linda Franklin. On March 10th, 2004, a judge formally sentenced him to life in prison without parole. Okay. So, so at this point, there's no working around it. But on October 26th, under a plea bargain to avoid a possible death penalty, Malville entered an Alfred plea, Alfred plea to the charges of murdering Kenneth Bridges and attempting to murder Carolyn Sewell in Spotsylvania County, County in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? So he was, he was charged for the murders there. So basically the rest of what we're about to talk about is how he was charged in basically every county that he spent time killing. Okay. So he was charged for those murder or that murder of Kenneth Bridges and the attempted murder of Caroline Sewell. And as Malvo was 17, when he committed the crimes, he cannot face the death penalty, but still may be extradited to Alabama, Louisiana, and other states for prosecution, which he ended up being ex- er, extradited mm-hmm. for. On June 16, 2006, Malvo told authorities that he and Muhammad were guilty of four additional shootings. Yeah. 
The four most recently linked victims were also shot in 2002. So one was a man in Los Angeles during a robbery in February or March. The second was a 76-year-old man who survived a shooting on May 18th at a golf course in Clearwater, Florida. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. The third was a man shot to death while doing yard work in Denton, Texas on May 27th. And the fourth was a 50-year-old man who was shot on August 1st and survived during a robbery outside of a shopping mall in Louisiana. So, yeah, they did a lot of terrible things. On October 10th, 2006, Malvo pleaded guilty to the six murders he was charged with in Maryland. Six murders in one state. On November 8th, he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And on October 27th, Malvo confessed to another murder and told police that he and Mohammed were responsible for the killing of a 60-year-old man on a golf course named Jerry Taylor in Tucson, Arizona. And he, his picture is in the, f- yeah, in the file. So at this point, Lee's like, look, it is what it is. I'm going to be here for the down. rest of my life. Let me just tell him yeah. what we've really been doing. In addition oh, yeah. to what we've been doing. Oh, what, well, they know we've been right. doing. Yeah. He claimed that they shot Jerry while he was practicing chip shots on a local golf course. The Tucson police were even onto Malvo and Muhammad at this time and were looking to interview them for a long while mm-hmm. but they couldn't you know catch up to them because they were fucking everywhere no jerry no yeah. i.p jerry so john r.i.p jerry so john allen mohammed refused to utter any last words when he was asked at his ex- execution on november 11 2009 the 48-year-old died by injection at 9.11 p.m. on a Tuesday as relatives of the victims watched from behind glasses in, like, separate areas. There was 27 people there at the time when he was killed in Richmond. They watched as the first of the three drug lethal, or the three, yeah, the three drug lethal cocktail was administered. Mohammed blinked repeatedly, took seven deep breaths, and within a minute, never moved again. Mm. For his last meal, he asked for, quote, chicken and red sauce and some cakes. And some cakes. He wants some. What sweet. the fuck is that? Maybe that's like Jamaican. I have no idea what's red sauce. Same. Like, it probably is. Pasta sauce? Let us know. What is chicken and red sauce and cakes? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? A normal cuisine? I don't know. No. Nelson Rivera, whose wife was Lori and Louis Rivera. Mm-hmm. He said as he watched Muhammad's chest move for the last time that he was glad. He said, I feel better. I think I can breathe better. I'm glad he's gone because he's not going to hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm. Just so sad for the victims and their families. I really feel for them. I don't think I could even ever describe the pain. I wouldn't even know what to say in a, in a moment like that. What do you tell them? I'm sorry for yeah. your loss. That's not enough. What is that? What is that? Like all I could offer is a hug. You yeah. know, like and, and just and just say, you know, I could never imagine and just pray for their strength yeah. to be honest. That's all I could do. Yeah. So, things that have happened more recently with Lee Malvo. In uh, May 26, 2017, a federal judge overturned his two life sentences that he got in Spotsylvania County. But he still remains in prison 
for his vi- Virginia convictions, which I don't fucking good get. enough. Like, hello, June twenty first, two thousand eighteen, a federal appeals court agrees Malvo's four life sentences from Virginia must be vacated based on a two thousand twelve Supreme Court decision that is unconstitutional for juveniles to receive mandatory life sentences without the possibility of parole. Mm. But in March eighteenth. On March 18, 2019, the Supreme Court agreed to take Marvel's case in Virginia after the state appealed the lower court's ruling. So basically, he's just like in a a dance as legal things usually take all fucking day. And that's kind of what he's dealing with right now. Yeah, but like, the heck. What, are you going to give him a life sentence with the possibility of parole? Like, because either way, he yeah. needs to have the life sentence. So. I agree. I mean, I really... Yeah, I would feel comfortable uh, if he kept with the life sentence. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So before we go, there were some other shootings that they did that I don't I don't know. It wasn't told if he admitted to these or if they were able to find information that connected to these people. But in May 2002, a synagogue in Tacoma, Washington was vandalized and police thought John Muhammad could be a a suspect. Mm. Um, The guns used in both incidents belonged to a man that Malvo and Muhammad were close to at the time. Okay. And on September 14th, 2002, Benny Oberio, Oberoi, Okay. Benny, (laughs) 22-year-old, is shot and wounded outside the Hillendell Beer and Wine store in Silver Spring, Maryland. The shooting is linked by circumstances, witnesses, and location of the alleged alleged snipers, but not by ballistics. So it's possible that they used another gun for literally one shooting or, you know, who the fuck knows? September 21st, 2002, Million Walder Marion, who is a 41-year-old, was shot three times and killed at a liquor store in Atlanta. Mm. Ballistics on a 22 caliber handgun links both the Atlanta and the Montgomery shootings. So remember when they, they killed two people in at you know Alabama, yep. matched to Atlanta, so it had to be them. And then one more was on September 26th. Uh, a man named Wright Williams is shot and injured at his grocery store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And where did they have? They had a receipt from a grocery store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Wow. So, I mean, they their victim count at this point is up to what, like 24? And now we know and that like, they were all what, over like, the place. It wasn't just the DMV yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. We Well, we knew they were all over the place, but it was, like, sporadically, yeah. but it's even more, it just shows that they spent more time where they were, and they were just literally killing wherever they went, so. And DMV was, like, their yeah. big bang. Yeah, that was, like, they were, like, oh, yeah, this is where we right. thrive. Like, situation. this was the goal. This was where we have the war. Yep. Yep. So, Lee is now 36 years old. He just got married in March 2020, and he is stationed at Red Onion State Prison in Southwest Virginia. His new wife, she's a 30-year-old woman named Sable Noel Knapp, Mm. and apparently she's like a trust fund baby, and she donated thousands to Bernie when he was running for president. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, And she has a mugshot. What are we doing? (laughs) 
I know, I know. She was arrested at one point in her life. Uh, I just didn't care to look up when the fuck she was arrested, but yeah, she had been arrested. And also in an interview in 2012, apparently, remember I said we were going to get back to John Pope. Yeah, yes. Apparently, after they would commit these crimes and kill people, they would go back to their room or wherever they were staying and have, quote, exceptionally exciting sex. Whoa. Kayla, who said those words? Lee did. Lee said in a 2012 interview that that's what had been happening. You can find out more information about it on a documentary that they, I think, was just released a couple months ago mm-hmm. or maybe a month ago. It's on Vice and it's called I Sniper. So that kind of just gives you more input, you know, insight on what was going on at that time with Lee because he told right. them all the gory nastiness. Ooh. And before we close out, before we close out, I just want to let you hear a little snippet of the man, the myth, the monster, mm-hmm. Lee Malvo. And here it goes. Hurting people hurt people. It's, it's, it's something I wrote in a poem several years ago, and I find it to be true because if you don't value yourself or value your life, or under the persona that you wear, there's a deep-seated hate. If that is channeled in the wrong direction, it is it is blind rage. There, there's there's no other way to to explain it. And it, <laughs> I needed answers. I needed someone to listen. I need, and he facilitated that. And the emotional hold is very hard to explain. You know, people say, well, if I were put in that position and someone told me to do this, it's, it's, it's not that simple. There was a chasm that was created by years of neglect and abuse. I mean, it's, I've, there, there's no, there, there, there was not a chance for a stable personality to take root because from the age of six and a half, I kept bouncing around from home to home, place to place, and I, I became what I call a changeling. Whoever I'm around, whoever the authority is, I change to suit that person. So if I live with this person, then I find out what works for them and I change to be that. So it, 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 in many ways, I was right because I, I, I've been practicing doing that. I was kind of like, it wasn't sad, but it just sounded like I've heard this before. I've heard this before yeah. by from a child who thought he believed in something, <laughs> but he really didn't know yeah. what he was talking about. Yep. It just sounded, to me, it was just like he was trying to sound very smart. Like he was trying to sound intellectual. But at the end of the day, it was just him just saying like i had no control over what the fuck was going on like you know i'm a grown-ass man now but at the time i was completely indoctrinated into what muhammad you know was teaching me and it's just really sad to see that his life was over because of situations that he didn't really have control mm-hmm. over he couldn't just leave john no one really was taking care of him but and then after his mom came and tried to rescue him and stuff it was kind of like you know, by okay, too little too fucking right. late where have you been you know this is my dad now this is who i want to be with because he cares about me so 
it's just heartbreaking and then it's like by the time he has a choice to say wait a minute this is wrong he can't even far too late how could he think like that when everything he's learned is to tell him that this is right yeah horrible so that is our case for this week what a mess hot mess express but yeah i'm finally thank god we're done with this shit i like i told you guys i wrote this shit like 2000 i think at the end of 2019 like it was yeah a lot so go ahead and check out the documentary they did i sniper it's on vice and then that snippet that you just heard from an interview that he did there's like it's like an hour long and he did it with the washington post so you can just google that and look it up so thank you we'll see you guys guys. next time bye love you bye bye Kayla, can we not post this video no we're posting no i don't want to Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black True Crime Podcast. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Kayla, and is co-hosted by my sister, Kristen. If you guys want to connect with us even further, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black True Crime Podcast. And if you want access to even more content released every single week, become a monthly subscriber to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Black True Crime Podcast. Remember, if you hate us, don't rate us and if you love us five stars (laughs) i hope you had a great time here thank you guys again and we'll see you next time you have a right to kill me i have a right to do that but you have no right to judge me